for so the people that don't know or recognize that voice uh uh we are joined by darion right darion 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 <laughs> i knew it <laughs> close close enough <laughs> no it's not his fault he's from la i uh, see the Dar- darion and i don't smoke weed too um but darion how uh thank you for joining uh the, the podcast today um we are here to talk about your fitness journey you know uh, i'm always intrigued on people's journeys i'm always talking to people since i've been uh part of the industry or even just lifting in general i'm always curious to curious about how people get started it's always different for everybody everybody's different and why they started what what's the reason why they started and through the ups and downs that they went through to where they're at today um so how did how did you get started what made you wanted to to start your journey your your fitness journey to start lifting weights um well it's actually kind of an interesting story it starts out from a a really unhealthy place to be honest it starts out with um an eating disorder early on in high school where the focus of exercise and food was more on um, appearances which seems to be like a disease of our culture where we're more focused on our appearance rather than on our, our actual health. And I think a lot of people are probably in their fitness journey more focused on their appearance rather than mm. the actual health of their body. Um, but you can you can change that. You can change the way that you fitness and how you view it and what you're doing to achieve actual health in what you're doing. And so this all started off in high school? It started in high school. Yeah, did you get bullied a lot? I got, no, I never uh-huh. got bullied. It's just, just peer pressure from, you know, the boys that, you know, liked, you know. Probably the other girls. <laughs> girls are mean, yeah. especially in high school. But like, no, no, what I was trying to say is like boys, you know, liking uh, the cheerleader or, you know, the prom the queen that. or, you know, all that stuff. Was it that kind of thing or was it more of, uh, you know, just mean girls? Just mean girls in my yeah. own, like... Uh, personal obsession with perfection uh-huh. setting out to like achieve a goal wherever that may be and taking it kind of a little too far mm. um but i have a different perspective now on health and fitness and why i train and that really evolved when i uh, decided to join the army and realized that you know there was a certain level of of strength and fitness required to, mm. to perform um that job so when you started to lift it's when you start when you join the the military. Yes, right before that. Right before that. So wait, you're usually just getting ready for the test or whatever you think that you were going to to get prepared for, or yeah. So um, when I went to the recruiter's office, they told me, "Hey, you're too skinny. You need to eat some sandwiches and lift some weights before you can before you can come join." And you're over here thinking, <laughs> like, "All right, I already got out of high school. I don't going to deal with these mean girls." And then you got this recruiter telling you this shit right here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I know it was uh, the other girls were telling you to get skinny, but now we need you to go up the other way. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then it's just a mind fuck right there, right? It was. Were you still <laughs> dealing with the eating disorder when you decided to join the military? Yeah, so it was really, really hard to battle between you know two things that that I wanted that were that were a big part of what was going on. Um, but ultimately, of course, I chose you know my health over uh, the disease of appearances or whatever that may be, and started lifting weights and doing less cardio and eating more and listening to my body. Would you say that the same thing that caused you to be so, like, 
deliberate with your eating disorder is the same thing that caused you to be so deliberate with wanting to be good at the army? Oh, absolutely. Okay. It's all like from inside, like, um, it's almost like a obsessive perfectionism. So that obsession kind of got you into the dark side of fitness, but it also got you like out of the dark side of fitness and into yes. the more. Yes, now, That's yes. interesting. Mm. Um, it's, so what, uh, getting prepared for, to, to join uh, the army, um, what was your routine? What did you start doing? You started just working on your push-ups and pull-ups and well, what did you start doing? So when I went down to the recruiter's office, I was 83 pounds on the same frame that I am right now. It's 5'5". Mm, 5'5". Five five. Five five. Uh, and five at, five. at what weight? 83 pounds. 83 pounds. So wow. um, for me, it was just general. Like I really just needed to start eating. Um, I was already exercising super intensely, so I needed to change the way that I exercised. Um, I started lifting heavier, uh, heavier weights and cut my cardio out because that was part of my obsession for losing weight was overdoing the cardio um what kind of how much cardio were you doing at that time oh boy (laughs) um every single day i would do at least an hour and then there was um probably like three to four times a week i'd do two hours so a a lot of cardio Mm. i don't even do that in a month <laughs> I I, I kind of used to do that. So before, when I wanted to get shredded, you know, I bulked up and then I wanted to get shredded and I was at that time skinny fat, right? So lost all my muscle, but I didn't. But, but <laughs> you were my, shredded, right? But I would kind of, but I still have that little pooch on my, on <laughs> my abs, right? So I'm like, I'm over here seeing um, um, uh, that shred like all over my body, but it's nowhere on my abs. So I was just obsessed with it. So I bumped up the cardio from, I was doing four days a week, uh, 20 minutes. And then I jumped it up to six days a week, 30 minutes. And I would finish that and come home and do insanity. So <laughs> that sounds like insanity. Yeah, I would do insanity, and I would do this shit every single day for I don't even know how long. I lost maybe like an extra ten pounds, but I didn't lose it in my gut though. I lost it everywhere else. I lost it especially in my face. Yeah. Now my mom had even come up to me and asked me like, "What the fuck is going on? Because you look gaunt. Like you look like a ghost face, it's like, right? You, know, you look dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're not fucking eating. What the fuck is going on? Um. But yeah, even doing that, I couldn't lose, you know, those extra whatever that was hanging on on my abs. But yeah, I was something similar to that. That's yeah. insane that you did that much cardio in high school. I was lazy as fuck in high school. I was like super fat in high school. You were, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. <laughs> I was like the opposite of that. Yeah, you, he went to fat camp. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has their own journey. <laughs> Everybody. So you, by the time you made it to basic, had you already started building some muscle and like gaining? Um, I had I had gained some weight, just enough to uh, to pass MEPS and, and go through. And then I ended up gaining the majority of my weight um, during basic training and over AIT. Um, they were force-feeding you yeah, extra they, food? Yeah, they would, they would force-feed you to eat. And then if you were one of the skinny kids, you got a second, you got a second dinner that you were forced to eat. So mm-hmm. um, there was really no way for me to... I was one of the fat kids walking by looking at the extra plate like, fuck, I want that. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> So you started, you said it at 83 or 86 yes. pounds? 86? Yes. So 86, how uh, uh, how much weight did you gain before you went to, uh, to it was a boot camp? Yeah, so before I went to basic, I gained about 14 pounds. 14 pounds. And just lifting weight and, and eating? Just eating. 
and how did that mentally how did that do what did that do for you you gaining weight um it was tough it was tough because i knew that it was something that i needed to do to get to what i want but um i had i was so obsessed with like appearances and being controlling over my diet that that it was really hard to make the opposite decision of also what i had been used to making which was to not eat um so it was it was really really hard mm. um so you jumped in there you got into the military you went to the army um basic kicked your ass obviously right yeah you how much weight did you gain in there um during basic training i gained about 20 pounds between basic and ait so how long is that nine weeks so the nine weeks you gained another 20 pounds and then over the course of my advanced training school which was another couple months mm-hmm. so three so months you gained three months another uh 20 pounds that actually sounds pretty healthy doesn't sound terrible doesn't sound is it well i mean i mean i don't know what how kind of feel? like yeah because i don't know what like how that feels to put on 20 pounds in three months and then to the stress that you have to go through during that kind of training, that strenuous training. I mean, I've never been in the military before. You guys have, so you guys can speak on it uh, a lot better than I can. But, uh, yeah, 20 pounds in three months and having that kind of uh, training, like how was that on your taxing mentally and, and physically uh, for you? I mean, I think basic training can be hard for, for everybody. Yeah, but I feel like I went when I was 17, 18, so you were like the same? Yeah. I feel like when you're at that age, you just like do stuff. It's like, I'll just do it, like, whatever. Yeah. What else am I going to do? Well, I mean, you're able to uh, recover a lot faster, I'm assuming. So or I, was, I was going the other way. Like, they were forcing me to eat less and, like, exercise more because I was fat. Uh-huh. So I felt like it was hard because I was so used to just, like, I still go to, like, people's families' houses for dinner mm. and see the small <laughs> plates that they use. And I'm like, what is that it? would not run in my house. So <laughs> my, the plates in my parents' house are, like, three times the size of that. Yeah. And they're full. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. But oh. you had to lose like how much weight before you could go to uh man my my mix? recruiter like forged all my shit and said that I passed the PT test and said that I was less weight than I actually was. Mm-hmm. So like it was a struggle when I went to basic training, but I ended up losing like and people never believe me when I say this. In the 9 weeks that I well so I did 9 weeks and then like I you know I got sent to fat camp. So I was there. Yeah. I got stuck and a bunch of shit happened and I got stuck there for like an extra month and a half, two months. Mm-hmm. And in that time period I lost 50 pounds. Whoa! See, I can't imagine what it's like to lose lose that much weight. Yeah. Well, I was a I was a former fat kid too. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I was able to lose how much was it? I was able to lose about twenty pounds in like eight weeks. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just I mean, uh, being this kind of kind of like the same thing with you. Just being obsessive with it and just. You know, you see those results and you just want more and more and more and more of it. And then you start going to the extreme of it to where I was just eating chicken breast and lettuce every day and cans of tuna, you know, and then that's Sounds what kind of, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that did the trick for me. Uh, but yeah, so uh, but yeah, I can't imagine what, you know, what you guys go through with you had to lose that weight and you had to put on that weight. So yeah. did you get stronger? I got way stronger. Okay, so yeah. I was just thinking because like I remember like noticing like man, I can move so much easier. I can like do stuff so much easier. Oh, like, my life running. became so much easier. Yeah, so yeah. I can only imagine what it would feel like to just gain. You know, because you have to assume that half of that has to be muscle so, at least. So yeah. what kind of what kind of training were you doing uh, in terms of uh, weight training prior to uh, going in? Or uh, while you were going? Uh, well, yeah. Well, let's do it before and then you know at when you were training. 
Okay. Um, well, before I have never really had any idea on how to lift. So I did a lot of YouTube. I did uh, a lot of bodybuilding.com. I did a lot of uh, people watching in the gym to kind of uh, figure out what I should be doing. I still do that today. <laughs> I still do that. Um, so I didn't really have a program or a routine. I was just working super hard and lifting. And then, you know, once you get into basic training, they have everything all laid out for you. And um, you don't really get much of a choice on what you're doing. Um, That's mainly body weight, basic. Yeah. And body then, weight stuff? It's all body weight. Unless you're counting the back. The they don't have They don't have like a gym there or like no, weight training, nothing like that, huh? Huh. Uh, oh, shit. No. So what, just do like a bunch of push-ups and pull-ups? And, running, uh, push-ups. Running. Sit-ups. Like sit, tons of sit-ups. Planks. Flutter kicks. You guys are supposed to be our, the defenders of this country. Oh, they put a 70 to 100 oh, okay. backpack on you every time you do the, rest backs, uh, like the marches. I get so upset when I have, you know, somebody will come up to me or they tell me like, oh, I need to pass my PT test. I'm like, why are you asking me this question right here? You guys are defending this country where we're, we're depending on you, right? And you can't even do fucking 20 sit-ups. You know, well, they did. They changed the PT test now. Yeah, now um, it's like a, there's a deadlift. A deadlift there's a deadlift now too. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. They're doing all that stuff. So yeah, I'm just like it's pretty interesting now that they. I wish that, I wish that I could have gotten a chance to do that PT test because I feel like because other PT tests like, not into like the last two years of my career was I actually like getting 13 minute two miles and stuff like that. Usually I suck for the first like seven years of my career. I sucked. At yeah, but that weightlifting one. <laughs> even in my, even in my fatness, I would have been good at that. Oh yeah, for sure. I would have been I for sure. Now mm-hmm. that, that half that mile run or whatever, I still would probably would have. Probably that would that probably would have been a problem for you, buddy. <laughs> but I got that one. I but got you that got one. that one though, got huh? That one. Um. So um. Uh. So you gained uh that weight. Um. And how long were you in the military for? Um. Six years. For six years, and you just continue to to lift. Um, when you got to AIT, did you start lifting weights? Yeah. I, okay, me too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you you continue to to lift weights that whole entire time. Um, so when did you start making the shift to where okay, I'm I want to help people. I want to become a trainer. When did you start falling in love and with this and starting to uh, to wanting to get your certification? Um, well, I've always been in love with with exercise and sports. So it's something that's been a huge part of my life. Um, I think it just went from an unhealthy place to a healthy place. Um, and now being a trainer, um, now I can see people that might be in their unhealthy place and relate to them and, and help them view fitness to get them to that healthy place where they're ultimately trying to go. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's uh, the most important part of being a trainer is that mm-hmm. you can kind of like, hey, man, like I've been there. I've seen that. I've done it. You're wrong. <laughs> and I think um, a lot of people think you can't relate because, oh, well, you've never been super fat or, oh, you've never had to lose a lot of weight. Um, but I have found that I do relate to a lot of females um, when it comes to working for their appearances. When I was 83 pounds, I got zero compliments. Nobody thought I was mm. attractive. I looked like a skeleton. Nobody yeah. thought I was attractive. Now that I'm 130 pounds, you know, and I have half of my body weight's muscle and 13% body fat, I get lots of compliments. So building muscle and getting that strength. Um, and it's not just about other people calling you attractive, but I've noticed a lot of females are afraid to lift heavy. I mean, they're afraid to put on that muscle mass because they're afraid of the way it's going to make them look. But do you, do you, do you still think that's an issue though? Cause I see a lot of girls lifting 
heavier weights where I see a lot more girls doing squats, deads, bench, yeah, yeah, overhead pressing, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think I was, I, I do think that CrossFit was part of the or making the it female strong movement. Yeah, kind of making it into uh, um, making those lifts a little bit more popular. Um, but uh, yeah, I I'm, I see way more girls, yeah. way more girls doing that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, um, it's, it's mostly the people who come into the gym. You know, they're not they're not that CrossFit girl, and they're not really they don't understand fitness and they don't understand how to exercise. Um, so they're not already that girl that's deadlifting that 200 pounds who's muscular and who's fit. They're mm-hmm. starting from nowhere and they're not really sure what to do or what will happen if they do X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Um, so from how long did it take you to from getting out of the Did you become a, a personal trainer while you were in the military or right afterwards? No, I've only been a personal trainer for about a year now. For about a year now? Yeah. Um, but, but you've still- always been into... Yes. The, the whole fitness game. Yeah. Uh, doing research, reading books, YouTube, listening to doctors, um, kind of just teaching myself. Um, uh, and then eventually I went to, you know, get my official certification. Oh, wow. Well, shit. I feel uh, like that's a lot of trainers. I feel yeah. like a lot of us start like that. Just kind of like researching for our own benefit. And then you're like, oh, I could actually use this knowledge for other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Make money off of it. And make money <laughs> off of it. Uh-huh. Sometimes, kind of. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just depending on how you do it and everything like that. And, and I'm kind of similar, too. So I've been certified uh, almost uh, next month. It's going to be two years. Um, but I've been helping people out for 10 years for free. Now I'm doing it, you know, for, uh, I'm paying. I'm getting paid for it now. But, uh, but um, it's definitely uh, uh, you can having the background that we all have it's uh, it's a lot you're able to sympathize you're able to have that empathy for your clients that you know that are coming to us and asking you know for help and i think that's what makes us you know better trainers than you know most that are out there right now you know yeah i mean i would actually say that most trainers probably do come back come from like an unhealthy background you have some that were like, mm. you know, in, in high school, like still in, sh- in shape. They were always good looking, always in shape type of thing. But I think the majority are people who come. But from we've gone through some shit though. Like what boxes like, of cupcakes? I don't know. We've gone through. <laughs> but like, but like, oh yeah, and I'm not saying like you know my story is worse than yours. So you know whatever, whatever. I'm not saying that either. But I mean, I feel there's a lot of trainers out there that. You know, just because uh, they're genetically gifted and they know how to lift or they know how their body works, they automatically think that they can help other people oh, yeah. out. You oh, know? Yeah, yeah. being sure. a lifter doesn't make you know, you and a then trainer. not going through and not going through, you know, that journey that we've gone through. We've gone through these ups and downs. You know, whether it's losing weight, or putting on weight, uh, battling these in- insecurities that we have, we probably still, you know, I still deal with my insecurity to this day but um but you know i i think uh i think we're we're we're, we're some of the best you know i think we i think we can um uh i don't want to say the best personal trainers out there but you know i think uh i think you know what i'm trying to say well i think we're best from them the most out there i mean well, I, think, I think that the quality of trainers also gone up in the last like 10 15 years like way up 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, works. from being somebody who kind of just stands around and counts your reps to being somebody who is actually paying attention to your body and what you're doing. But um, to your point about um, people's, uh, like all of us having a different journey and coming from a struggle, mm-hmm. being able to help people, I think a lot of people don't realize that personal training is a lot more than just the hour that you spend with your client in the gym. Um, you know, they talk to you about their personal life. They talk to you about their food and their, their mental habits. Um, so there, a lot more goes into it than just quote unquote, like working them out for, for an hour. And so a good personal trainer really has to take time to get to know their client and listen to them. Um, because a lot of times the situation that they're in, like being unhealthy or being overweight or whatever it may be, has a lot more to do than just lack of, uh, coming into the gym or just lack of knowledge of knowing what to do when they come into the gym. So I think when you come from um, a background where you've struggled maybe a little bit more, you have um, a little bit more understanding and empathy, and you can relate a little bit better to other people who are who are also struggling. Mm. Uh, I agree I, with that. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, are you? How is it for you today now? Uh, now that you evolved to where you first started and to where you're at today, do you still feel like you still uh, struggle uh, with issues that you that you've been dealing with? Oh, of course. Um, you know, I think we all struggle with things, but, but there are times where, uh, like the past, uh, mindset does get the better of me, but, um, I think I'm in a much better place now and having more focus on my actual health rather than on my looks and more focus on my performance because I do, I love to cycle and um, paddleboard and snowboard and do all of these fun activities. And uh, I know that if I, you know, revert back to the way I used to be that, that those aren't going to be available options for me anymore. Um, when I was really sick, it was really hard for me to just get up and and move around during the day. I always felt like I was really sick and like I was going to pass out, like just lifting my own body weight seemed like such a massive chore. So I think, Mm. um, my activities and the lifestyle that I have now definitely, it all keeps me on track because I'm focused on my, my health more than my appearances or what other people say about me or Mm. diet. It's funny that you said that about like having trouble moving around just because you had so little bit of like energy and probably muscle mass. But I bet you like I was super overweight and it did suck to like move and stuff. But it never got to the point where I was like like really really struggling to move. But I bet you that there is people that feel the exact same way, except mm-hmm. they're on the opposite side of the spectrum. Yeah, being overweight. Yeah. I have a client um, like that who was three hundred and thirty pounds when I started with her. Um, and three months later, she texted me from Arizona and said she just went kayaking for two hours with her family and she's never been able to do any outdoor activities with them, um, because it's just like her, her weight and the, you know, the physical state of her body. So, Mm. um, there are people who, whose activities are so, uh, limited and their experience of life is unfortunately so, um, suffocated because... Uh, because of their body and their inability to to move. And those are like some of the best things. I think one of the, some of the best uh, rewarding things for a personal trainer when you have those little small little things yeah. that <laughs> that make a huge difference in in people's lives. Just going out and being active, you know, with your family. I get them too. Like uh, I had one client who was on antidepressants, who had a uh, sciatica. Um, uh, also has a spinal uh, bifida. Yeah, spinal bifida. Um, had all those d- dealing with those issues, and he's been with me for about a year and a half. And sciatica's gone, uh, antidepressants he's not taking anymore. That's fantastic. Um, so yeah, just 
physically we're we're not there yet but i i it's it's so rewarding to hear like those small little things and him just being so much happier you know and have, coming into the gym uh with a smile on his face and not when we first started he was just bummed kind of didn't want to be here it was a struggle in the beginning but now just seeing that um him evolving to the person that he is today, you know, it's super uh, rewarding. Like I, I'd rather see that having them have a, a, a happier lifestyle than, you know, having them get to their six pack dream body. Definitely. And then Ew, quality of life, you know, quality of life for sure. I mean, it's, it's one thing when like your people are born with like disabilities that limit their quality of life or that limit their ability to really enjoy life. But it's a whole nother completely just sad thing to me when it's people are doing it to themselves like like you can have a better quality of life if you just worked out or if you just gave up a little bit of the sweets and stuff that you eat like it's your choice and i do agree with that but at the same time it's so difficult man and to to make that spiral of like unhealthy living Uh unhealthy choices unhealthy everything's unhealthy and it just becomes some of those people have but some of those people have been programmed to be that way since they were kids so they don't even know any better and like what we talked about before when we talked about uh that episode of breaking habits i mean it's but throughout i think how many steps did you go through <laughs> to break those habits but, but the thing is that like uh, i think that everybody constantly you're gonna see a commercial about fitness you're gonna see hear a friend that got into fitness you're gonna see the book that came out you're gonna hear the audiobook mm-hmm. and it's sure it may take 10 20 times it may have taken us 30 times but the thing is, like, you see that and you need to realize, like, you know, I do need to make a change. Maybe right now is not the perfect time for you to do it, sure. But, like, you have to constantly be like, okay, like, I need to change this. I need to. And, no, you're not going to do it overnight. And it's not going to be the, you're not going to see some fucking commercial telling you to save money. And you're going to be like, I suck at saving money. Yeah. And I've been trying to learn how to save money for, like, 15 years. <laughs> I'm still learning that. I'm still, yeah. like, struggling with that shit. Mm. But every time I see somebody who's like, man, I just saved up 10 grand. Or somebody, I hear somebody say, oh, man, I just bought this because I saved. I'm like, I need to do that. I need to do it. I need to. And every, mm-hmm. I think little by little, just telling yourself every time you see those things, like, I need to start doing that. Eventually, you're going to do it. Yeah. And I always tell my clients, too. I mean, it's, I think, uh, taking baby steps forward, you know, every single day, it's going to make a, a huge change, you know, uh, uh, later down in, into your journey. Um, when I first start with them, I don't tell them, I don't really make that many changes in terms of their diet. Because I know that's going to be a <laughs> fucking struggle to oh, do. Yeah. I can have them come in here and doing all this other bullshit in, in the gym. But in terms of the diet, like, I'm not watching you. I'm, you're here with me for one hour for the day. You know, you have the rest of those 23 hours out there on your own. So I know it's going to be a, a struggle. And just making, like, small changes with, with them all just, you know, all right, instead of, uh, you know, I'll have a look at their food. Like, all right, well, let's uh, add at least a vegetable you know, every single day, whatever vegetable you want. But some people, it's even just the exercising. Like mm-hmm. I've had, I had a client that I had for like two years and he was not ready to make the change as far as the diet went, but he was 100% ready to dedicate three to four hours a week and working out. And my, even my brother's like that. But like, like you said, it's a puzzle piece. Like a house is not just one solid piece of thing. It's like a bunch of little things put together to create mm-hmm. a house. So it's mm-hmm. just like that. Like, you know, put the pieces that you can and mm-hmm. As you go, add more pieces. I think we overcomplicate fitness to a certain level. Um, for most people, just 
getting out of your bed and going for a walk is um, going to do wonders for your for your health rather than if you you just don't take that walk. Um, I think a lot of times people are afraid to start because they see like there's so much um, like they think it's so extreme that the journey has to be so extreme that they had to you know wake up at five and work out for two hours and eat nothing but chicken and broccoli otherwise they're never going to get to their goals and that's just it's not that complicated. Right. Um, like you said, baby steps. So maybe you just add in that one vegetable a day, or maybe you just go for a walk, or maybe you get out of your chair for 10 minutes at work. And maybe that's all of you do for the first month. But even doing just that one tiny baby step thing can have a huge impact. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, the thing of like, as much as in, in my opinion, Instagram has definitely helped like blow fitness up and make it like way more popular. But at the same time, you get to you see these people that are like, competing or you know training for something that you're not gonna do like there you don't need to eat like that you don't need to train like that because you're not doing that you're just trying to be healthy well that's why this podcast exists man so we can put it out there to the world and be like hey it's not that's not the way to or there's different avenues that we can go through to get to your goal or uh you don't have to look this way or it's impossible for you to look that way yeah um yeah there's we have a lot of work to do, pretty much. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have a lot of work to do, you know, one person at a time. But yeah, that's why you know I, we created this podcast, man, just to put the truth out there and not put out bullshit and let people know, like, fuck, we're just just like you, and we've been there, we've done it, and we still struggle with it to this day. You know, I have the biggest fucking sweet tooth oh my gosh Steve that eats like packs of oreo cookies <laughs> like I have whole really thing. Bad sweet tooth. so i have the worst so i mean i have like a salt i don't know if this is a thing but i have like a salty tooth like chips yeah. like a lot of people salty as fuck. yeah, yeah you salt. like chips and all that and stuff yeah. yeah yeah but i have i still struggle with that shit still to this day i it's to the point where i can't have it in the house because if it's in the house i'm gonna fuck it up oh yeah Hell you know, yeah. so <laughs> it needs to be out. <laughs> and if we're going to bring anything in, all right, let's split it between everybody that lives in this house. And then that's it. It's gone. I don't have to see it again. I wish I was as determined about my finances as I am about eating a bag of Doritos when it's in the house. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to finish that motherfucker in yeah, yeah, one so, sitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely, yeah. I, I definitely uh, still struggle with, with the things that I've been uh, dealing with for a really long time. But not just that, but also... Uh, we we talked about it, you know, in, in other podcasts before. I think everybody has some kind of body dysmorphia, some level oh, of body dysmorphia. You know, I'll wake up in the morning looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, fuck, you're doing an awesome job, buddy. Keep it up, right? <laughs> and then I'll come downstairs and look at this bathroom over here. And I'm like, what the fuck happened to you? <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> like, get your, sh- like, yeah, like, get your shit together. What you've been doing. All right, no carbs for the rest of the fucking month. Or just, you know, just crazy shit that goes through my head. But yeah, it's, it's, that's why this podcast is, it exists. So let people know, you know, we still struggle with this shit and put the truth out. And, and, and hopefully people listen to this and make the, uh, the best decision for for themselves so if you if you met a girl that was in high school right now and she was maybe she i mean because i don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to look good you know what i mean like i think everybody wants to look absolutely not but do it like what would you tell her if she wanted to look good but to make it a healthy look good uh so you guys know who marcus philly is 
No. No. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so, um, he's big in the like functional bodybuilding. Um, but one of his things that he says is, uh, move well, look good. So he focuses, he focuses first on his movements and, and the exercises he does for his body. And he's, he um, asserts that the looks will come, right? If you treat, if you are aiming for health and you treat your body well, meaning you eat good foods and you exercise appropriately, the looks are going to come. There's no way for you to eat healthy and exercise appropriately and be 300 pounds or, right. or be 80 pounds, whatever the extreme may be. So I think if you just switch the focus from your aesthetics to your actual health, um, that would, you would be able to achieve your goals realizing like, there's a, a healthy way. I don't have to look good by doing all this excess cardio or whatever it may be. Um, I 100% agree with that. That's, yeah. Like, it's crazy. Like, you know, the, what do they call the door openers? The shoulder exercise where you do the cable? Like, open. I just call it shoulder. Like, I just call it door rotation. Internal external rotation. Okay. So, like, I, I never used to do those things, but I started doing them because I just wanted, like, healthy shoulders. But I started noticing that when I do those, like, my shoulder looks way better yeah. than when I did the just the bodybuilding style lifts. And I'm like, wow, like some of this mobility stuff and like just like the stuff that's just for like health and stuff, like really does actually develop the muscle to look better. And well, right. Your body, um, if you're not healthy and you're under stress, like you're not, you're lifting too heavy for, for your joints or whatever it may be, your body's not healthy. You're not going to look the way you want to look anyways. Um, and like you're saying, like mobility, mobility is huge into fitness and there could be a whole nother podcast on mobility yeah, that's true we should do a mobility we should get a uh, uh nate and fucking jeremy in here we talk should talk about mobility why are they the kings of that shit or what? not just mobility but especially jeremy i've never seen nate but jeremy's uh like circuit programs are like the nastiest fucking circuits i've ever seen like yeah i've never seen anybody do his workouts and not be like dying all focus on mobility yeah. stuff no 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 like his stuff is ex more like ex he does some mobility but explosive stuff like circuits okay like, it just it's crazy like, hmm. like he has like ones that they're you have to do so many reps in a certain time or so many like just different things it's yeah his workouts insane. are insane they're yeah. insane huh mm -hmm. insane. but um back to you Okay. <laughs> I know we sometimes <laughs> sometimes we, we that's that's our habit is that sometimes we go off to other things which is great because we're over here. Hey Jevin, how's it going, buddy? How you doing? You gonna do a celebrity spotlight? You gonna do a celebrity spotlight? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so uh, you've been you know your ups and downs since high school you know all the way up to 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 where you're at today um uh, we've talked about it briefly before we you know we turn the mics on um but you are somebody that deals with epilepsy and you it's how uh, uh when did you when were you were diagnosed with that um so Epilepsy is more of a genetic thing. My seizures come from a brain injury that happened um, during a motorcycle accident. Um, and that was five years ago. So I've been dealing with that for about five years. So about five years. And um, what, for people that don't know what it is, uh, what is it? What does it do to you? Uh, uh, Neuro neurologically, got stuck. Neurologically, there you go, right there. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What does it do to you? 
Um, I mean, so everybody is, is a little bit different um, as far as like the medical side of it goes. It's just um, like um, basically think about like a thunderstorm. Your brain has electrical activity. So imagine if everything's kind of just like uh, firing all at the same time and nothing can really make a make a connection there. Um, so how it affects me is, um, well, there's times when I'll go to the hospital for, you know, a week or more at a time and, you know, not moving around, not exercising or whatever. That's, it's mentally mm -hmm. hard, but it's hard to come out and know that you're weak or you've lost weight, or maybe you've gained a little bit of weight or that program that you were on and you really wanted to get to those goals. Now it's just kind of been set back by a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So each time it's kind of hard to like get started again. Um, it's kind of like you're starting over a little bit each time, but um, starting over is not necessarily not necessarily a bad thing. Mm. Um, so it, it's happened. Uh, it was a motorcycle accident, um, but you said it was also genetically, right? You said so. Um, the technical like uh, epilepsy term is for gen genetic people that okay. have seizures because of their genetics. Uh -huh. Mine, is yours like a TBI? Or? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Oh, okay. Traumatic brain injury. Okay. So from that. Um, and um, how has it, do you see any differences in, in terms of your workouts and your programs um, uh, with this? Or it hasn't changed anything at all? Is there something that where you have to like kind of like... Um, uh, take it easy? Kind of take it easy. The intensity needs to be a little bit more lower. Like how does it all work when it, in terms of your, your, your programming and your workouts? So I think it's just uh, like riding a wave, you know, some days you feel great and you can really push yourself and other days, maybe not so much. Mm. Kind of like anybody, you know, you have to listen to your body. Not every day is going to be your 100% best, you know, if you're tired or you're feeling sick or whatever it is. But just going in and doing the best that you can do for that day um, really keeps from getting down on yourself. Like, oh, I didn't lift as much because whatever it was. Um, something that was really hard for me before was um, being put on and taking and managing different medications, which I know a lot of other people deal with, you know, managing the medications that they take and how it affects them. Um, so it's really like just riding the wave, you know, listen to how you feel and don't get down on yourself if you feel like you need a day of rest or you need a day to recover. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. um, and I know a lot of people can tend to get down on themselves and think that they're a failure for for resting for the day or maybe not going, giving it their all. Um, that, so, and I, and I, and I get this a lot from people like, uh, they'll go, the, uh, they feel like their body needs a rest and I tell them to go to deloads, right? To do deloads, deloads. And, uh, they'll try it out and then they'll give up maybe like the second day because they feel like they're not doing anything they're not doing anything at all and they put themselves down for for doing that because I'm telling them to go half of their volume of whatever they're doing uh, you know, even the weights you know do 50 60% of your one rep max and they're not able to do it so it's total fucking mind fuck and especially when and I'll take deloads and I'll take a deload every like couple months or something like that and then I'm over here Checking everybody out, seeing everybody there, what they're doing. They're lifting heavy. They're lifting heavy. And then the, the thing that's running in my head, I'm like, I, I'm over here talking to myself, and I'm like, and I'm telling myself, like, I, I'm talking to them. I'm like, I swear to God, guys, I can I'm lift talking. more heavier than this shit. <laughs> 
I swear. <laughs> Just watch till next I'm week. Strong, I swear. I'm swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stronger. But it totally is a fucking mind fuck to to kind of just pull yourself back a little bit and listen to your body because you know and i think a lot of people fail at that too is like not listening to their body oh yeah big time you know in terms of whether uh, uh, uh you know working out or even dieting you know as well uh i'll have clients that have uh really 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 bad um menstrual cycles and you know i'm telling them that that's you having that it's probably it's your body telling you that you know there's something wrong here i don't think i've never been through a cycle before <laughs> but from the research that i've seen it shouldn't be that painful to the point that you're, you can't leave uh your 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 bed so i mean um i mean a lot of people don't don't know how to like the term listen to your body some people are like what the fuck does that even mean like a lot of people don't even understand what that means so many people just zombie their way through life like without paying attention to anything let alone their body mm -hmm. so when they start trying to some people think know. it's like the norm right to feel yeah. the way they feel yeah. right right i think like if you say listen to your body for rest a lot of people that are lazy are like god oh, i got that one but mm -hmm. i think if you're somebody who knows your body where you've put it under stress or you've been to You've been through different levels. You can say, okay, today I'm tired and I need to rest. Whether it's a different day, you're saying, okay, today I'm just lazy and yeah, that's yeah. why I'm trying to rest yeah. and knowing that difference. But you really have to know yourself before you can really do something like that. So uh, um, what do you tell your clients, the ones that tell you, like, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, but and you as a trainer, you probably don't want to push them that hard that day. And you tell them that you want to scale back a little bit and they are upset and they think they can handle this shit. And like, well, how do you convince them to tell them like, hey, we're going to take it easy today. You only got four hours of sleep last night. You fucking been eating like shit. You're fucking bloated. Fucking your joints are fucking <laughs> weak as fuck and they're achy. Let's just take it easy today. How do you convince them? Because I have a tough time doing that with my clients. I mean, I live by this saying that I learned in basic training from a drill sergeant. I said, uh, people learn two ways, blunt force trauma and repetition. Yeah. Either something really bad's going to happen to you because you're not listening or a bunch of little shit's going to happen to you because you're not listening and you'll learn. You'll so learn either day. they're going to overtrain and they're going to feel like shit the next week or whatever. And mm -hmm. you'll be like, see, this is what I told you was going to happen. Or they're going to injure themselves. And yeah. you're going to be like, this is what I told you was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, a, sometimes it's a, you got to make it the errors, man. Yeah. Make the mistakes. I'm a proponent of, uh, you know, live your life. So do whatever you want to do, live your life. Of course, as long as you're not um, harming anybody else. But I always tell my clients, like if they said, no, I just want to push or whatever it is. I, I think explanation works really well. Hey, we're not going to do this because X, Y, Z, but we can, but just know that if we do X, Y, Z is going to happen. So mm. then you're not just telling them something, you're explaining to them it's almost like a child, really. You're explaining to them why and you're letting them make the choice. So that way when they show up next week and everything, their joints and everything is messed up, it's their fault. They made that choice. 
So maybe next time they'll just listen to you a little bit better. But then they can't come to, to come work out, and then I'm out the money. So right, we'll just do like there's <laughs> alternative. If they're injured, now nah, you're gonna have to do twice as long as recovery. <laughs> but there's always an alternative. Like clients yeah. will text you the day before. Oh man, I hurt my ankle. Okay, well let's do upper body. Like still, you gotta come in. Yeah. Oh, I hurt my back. Okay, well let's do mobility. Like you still gotta get in the gym. Mm-hmm. Not because it's my job and you, you pay me, but something. like yeah, yeah, there's other things that we can do. Yeah. you're not disabled uh, um so uh, and if you are disabled i'm not saying that it's, you know, <laughs> that's, not, that's not like a valid excuse but i have a client that's missing a leg and he still works out so mm. if where there's a will there's a way right i think something that i've also had to deal with with that is everybody has something right he's missing a leg i have seizures somebody else has something that they feel like either a they're using as an excuse as to why they can't do something or they're accepting and acknowledging that they has this thing and they're finding ways to overcome it so he might not be doing squats but he's exercising in other ways so he's still single leg squats helping with his fitness right but he's not making excuses (laughs) um and i think everybody has something and then just accepting that you have that something and you can really figure out how to go forward from there Uh not using your your something as an excuse so how did you how did you go forward when you heard the news that you have that that you uh, have this issue uh what did you do to i'm like all right i have it let's just move forward like how was that process for you um I was really depressed for a while because I was so into my, my fitness when that happened. Um, and, you know, I broke quite a lot of bones, um, including my spine. So I wasn't able oh, to do anything for a while. Um, so there was definitely a phase of like depression, all like, woe is me. And I feel sorry for myself. And then it just came to the, the, the day where it was either like, you're going to be depressed and feeling sorry for yourself and doing nothing forever, or you're going to accept it, get over it, and get back to your life. and um, Move forward as best as you can, Move right? forward, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, get over it. How long did you recover for? How long did it take for you to recover? Um, like fully or just to where I could walk around? Fully to you could start lifting? Um, like almost a year, a little wow. less than a year. Yeah, it was a chore I when I started to drive again, I drove myself to, to the gym and we had a, a step in the gym, like a little step. And yeah. all I did was step up and down on that step like 20 minutes a day, every day for months until I could do other things. Shit. God damn. So that's what we were talking about earlier, you know, baby steps. Baby steps, you know? literally. To, you know, what do you do now like for training? Um, you're like your typical, like your typical Wednesday, what do you do? You still deadlift pretty heavy, right? Yeah, like close to 200. Okay. Um, it's gone down a little since I lost a little bit of weight, but uh-huh. it's there. Um, you got to trade the strength for the better yeah. look. You got to decide uh-huh. which one. Uh-huh. But you're still going pretty hard at the gym now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I squat uh, 165 for a couple reps the other day. Um, I'm 126, so if that's helpful. Um, and this is from breaking your back, too. Mm-hmm. You broke your back. Yeah, and I this. cycle and I mountain bike and everything. Uh, I mean, I might not be like professional or the best, but I forgot um, that you do that. She does like this hardcore like mountain biking shit. Mountain biking? Yeah, like yeah. downhill mountain biking. Oh, <laughs> how can you do that? <laughs> that shit scares the shit out of me. Even just hiking, hiking, fucking scares. Dude, the people shit talk out of me. about skydiving, but that that's scary to me. That's scarier than skydiving to me. I think it's fun. 
That seems, I'm like, man, it I'm seems, it looks like fun. Cliff no, no, it looks, no it, it <laughs> looks like fun. It looks, it looks fun, but I'm just so fucking terrified and just of even just hiking with my two feet on the ground and, you know, and going all the way up and then knowing that we have to go right back down and I start seeing that shit and, I mean, obviously, I don't wear the right shoes. I'll probably wear some Vans or something like that <laughs> to go that. in and do it. And then I think that's probably the reason why. I'm always slipping every single time and have all these bumps and but you scratches still do and it. shit. So you're still working past your fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and that's, that's a big problem, problem for a lot of people. And that's my huge problem is that I have a fear of heights. That just fucks me up. That's so, good. So, and you know what? And it's funny, too. I think I would be able to... Do something like that. Change the perspective. Because, I mean, I think the thing is, is that me is, is the height thing. So I have the fear of falling, right? With this, I already know I'm going to fucking fall, right? right. Yeah, and you don't get so that feeling like, of falling either. <laughs> well, oh, I mean, just I know that I'm going to go over. Like, I know I'm going to go, you know? So I, I, think that's, I think that's why I would do something like that. But it's just even like watching TV... And then they have like a camera that goes down and it's looking at, you know, down whatever. I start losing my, my equilibrium. I start losing <laughs> my balance here. But it's really, really bad. And it's been getting worse and worse throughout the years. I get excited. Years. I get like hella excited if something scares the shit out of me. I'm oh, like, yeah. me too. Fucking it's do this. bad. <laughs> yeah? I'm like, let's do it. Let's fucking do this. So what? It's kind of like a... Like a high? A, a adrenaline junkies yeah. kind of? Or what? It's kind of like, it's an like adrenaline the greatest junkie? high ever, yeah. Yeah? Like yeah, I wouldn't be able to do that. That adrenaline is Might so good. Might die in the next 10 minutes, but let's fucking do it's it. It's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. I would it. rather die in like some sort of activity oh, than yeah. just chilling on my couch. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I always imagine myself, I'm like, I'm going to die doing like 200 and something miles an hour in like some kind of crazy ass car. Motorcycle? Yeah. As an old, old man. Oh, like a 50 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's... Something that I've been dealing with for a long time, and uh, I would love to do something like that. You know, something like mountain biking or you just gotta do shit that scares the fuck out of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and do it more. Yeah, 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 but it's easy for me to play it in my head, and then actually going out there and 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 doing it. But uh, the play, the play, but the little reenact or pre-enactment that you do in your mind before you do something like that that's scary, I think causes me more anxiety and like actual fear than actually doing whatever it is i'm doing really yeah because in my head i'm imagining i'm like this parachute's not gonna open i'm gonna splat right on the ground (laughs) (laughs) well i don't think that though i I just think think of me just doing it whatever it is that i'm doing i'm just picturing me doing it so when it's time for me to come and do it actually do it i already been here before let's just do it i think that's why i imagine myself dying because i'm like if it happens well I already, I already been here. <laughs> I already died before. So. I mean, I think, I don't know. I think when you get out of your, your bubble or you go through things in life, at some point you just look at things and you're saying, well, these bad things could happen, but oh well, because I know that bad things have happened to me in the past and I can move forward from there. Yeah. So it takes a lot of that fear away. Absolutely. So, but you've always been like that even before the uh, the accident or is this was right after the accident that you've been... Uh, doing uh, stuff that scares you. Oh, I've always loved it, gentlemen. Oh, okay. It, I think it just all got right. worse. It just got worse <laughs> now. I'm like, okay, I've been in an accident. I'm here. I'm back at it. So, like, fuck it, let's do it. Whatever didn't kill me made me stronger now, right? Exactly. That's, exactly. That's dope. That's awesome. Um, 
But that's really cool to hear that you're able to do uh, what you've been able to do. You know, gone through all that stuff and and seeing you. I wasn't being a little bit of, I wasn't a creeper, but I checked out your Instagram, <laughs> you know, and I was super impressed of what you've been able to do on there. And, and, and it's awesome to see too, you Thank know, you. from where you're at, you know, where were you, where were you at uh, to where you're at today? Real cool to see. Um, uh, so how is for anybody that's dealing with that stuff, you know, uh, you know, epilepsy and wants to, uh, pursue training, what are some of like advice that you would give them, uh, to, to start off with or, uh, something, uh, even like diet wise, like, is there like a, a specific diet that you kind of stick to that you feel like it's been helping out or, uh, is there anything like that? Um, as far as diet goes, I know everybody's a little bit different. Um, there's been a lot of research done that says keto diet has been helpful for, for um, people with epilepsy. Um, I personally didn't have a good experience on the keto diet. Mm. Um, I know we've talked about like listening to your body and, and, you know, that's kind of cliche or whatever it is. But if you eat mindfully, like eat when you're hungry or know the difference between like hunger and boredom, um, and try to eat things that are maybe a little bit more natural. I think whether you have um, any sort of medical condition or not, those that's always those are always good things to to do for yourself. Um, as far as exercise goes, um, depends. Again, it depends on the person. You know, um, it's not something that that happens to me every day. You know, where I'm sick or I go to the hospital or something like that. But it does mm. come up. Um, it, but you don't have to let it take over your life or define your life and say, oh, because I have this, I can't that. Um, and like we said, baby steps, just start with something small. Like if you've never been into fitness, um, do some squats, do some push-ups. You can do plenty of stuff at home or start with walking or running or hiking. Mm-hmm. Um, and challenge your body, push yourself so that you know where it is, um, what you can and you know what you can't do you have to take yourself to to the point of knowing okay i can't do that and then accepting the things that you you can't do because there are those barriers and they do exist and not you know um you can't just you can do anything but um knowing where your limits are Mm -hmm. so listen to your body yeah there you go pretty much right um fine i would say find people that are Nobody, like you said, nobody's struggles are the same as somebody else's, but finding people who are going through similar situations, Instagram, like I know some, there's so many bad things that people say about Instagram, but it also gives people the ability to f- find somebody who's missing a thing, find somebody who's li- who has epilepsy or TBI, find somebody, you know, and, and that they're doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I that's always what, say yeah. like mimic success, right? Like that's one of the first things they tell you when you start like a brand and stuff mimic success so like if you find other people that are dealing with similar situations as you and they're successful mimic their success yeah, yeah following other people um like if you see somebody on instagram who who has what you you want um following them because they have what you want so they obviously know how to get there mm-hmm. and then of course you're not you're not the same people but um, and not to be envious, but to to learn from those people, not to sit there and be like, "Oh, I wish I had this," and be mad about it. Mm-hmm. But actually, like something to motivate you. Yeah, because yeah. they they got to where they are somehow, and you can you can follow their path and, and get get what you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what are some encouraging words that you can uh, t- 
tell the people that are that are dealing with this and they feel like they're hopeless and and they feel like they're never going to get to goals whatever goals are they're trying to accomplish obviously you're a successful person and you've been through a lot of tough stuff so uh what can you say to them to uh have them keep going and keep striving for what they're they what they want in life don't get down on yourself i think is the biggest the biggest one once you get down on yourself you kind of already starting to consider yourself a failure and once you've um succumbed to the idea and accepted the idea that you're never going to get to where you want to go and that you're a failure you're guaranteeing yourself that you're you're never going to get to where you want to go um so not getting down on yourself realizing that you're not the only person who's who's struggling with something but that there are others who are also struggling um and trying things don't stop trying things don't let somebody tell you oh because you have this you can't do that go find out for yourself whether or not it's truly possible for you um people always try to tell you you can't do something um and doesn't mean that they're right mm -hmm. well i couldn't say anything better myself i mean just keep trying do what you got to do listen to your body and just keep moving forward you know pretty much um d <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on i really do appreciate it uh it's definitely inspirational to hear your story and to see where you're at today um if anybody wants to get in touch with you how are they be able to you have like an instagram or something like that yeah of course um it's at on underscore purpose underscore fitness um and that's my my instagram for messaging comments follows whatever, whatever. i look at those definitely rigo instagram. hit up rigo if he has any, have you had any questions or even hiring for services right yeah hire me <laughs> hire me hire us <laughs> and uh and and follow us on all the socials facebook twitter instagram and tick talk are you making tiktoks now we're making tiktoks now iron stands <laughs> fitness we're doing it baby we are doing it we we're in cahoots with chinese and uh, <laughs> and we're doing it we're making it making big big moves over there iron stands fitness um uh if you have any questions uh, uh feedback or any business inquiries iron stands uh training at gmail.com um and yeah Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Rate the show, review the show, share the show, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.